are on. Uh, this is Three Cents Worth. You listen to Three Cents Worth, and my name is Sean Crawford. Um, joining us in the studio right now is nobody, uh, but hopefully we'll, we'll get some other people to uh, join us. Uh, usually we have Mr. Sammy Fogel and Mr. Danny Frank. Not sure who's showing up, but right now you've got me, and I, I got some music that I want to play for you. Um, I like a lot of music, so let's see, let's see what what's what song would you guys like to hear? Um, cause cause I'm I'm thinking I'm thinking we play some adolescence. Uh, we'll be right back with with more of the show after adolescence. This was a great start to the show. I, if I, if I do say so myself, if you're listening to WNTH 88.1 The Gwyneth, this is Three Cents Worth, and this this song right here is going to be by the Adolescents. It's called Amoeba off the self-titled album in the 80s sometime. Bye.
that was Adolescence with Amoeba off their first album. I can't really recommend most of the recent stuff by Adolescence, but their first album is an essential. If you haven't checked that out, if you're into some 80s 80s punk, 80s hardcore, even some uh, kind of more contemporary, not contemporary, but like 90s, 90s skate punk, um, check them out because they were a huge inspiration for a lot of those bands and and, uh, were definitely a, a standout band in their time. Um, in the 80s. Um, I've also got another standout band. Um, if you've, you've, you've probably heard of these guys, even if uh, you're, not, you're not into that, the whole scene that they came out of. Um, but they are one of my all-time favorite bands. Um, Dead Kennedys. I mean, you, you, can't, you can't not love the Dead Kennedys. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play a Dead Kennedys song, and then we're going to get into more of the show uh, on WNTH 88.1, The Gwyneth. This is, uh, what song should we play? Well, what I think we should play. And there's so many songs. There's so many great songs. You know what I want to play? Riot. I, th- I, think, I think it's kind of topical. It's kind of topical. I mean, a, a, week, a week old, but you know. Talk, talking about, you know, the, the, the darker side of, of rioting. Okay, this is, this is the song Riot by Dead Kennedys. On WNTH 88.1, the Gwyneth. Uh, right now, the time is 6:34. Perfect time to be notified of the time. I'm Sean Crawford, and this is the Dead Caddies. I think I've said that. Bye. Turn around, right, right into their hands. It's such a road, never hurt, but 
your own the chance to torture a police car. Climb the roof, kick the siren in, and jump and yap for joy. Quickly, back, back in the crowd, slip away now, don't get caught. was Riot by Dead Kennedys off of uh, Plastic Surgery Disasters. Another classic album. Uh, a lot of classic music I've been playing tonight. Uh, it looks like we're not going to be joined by Sammy Fogel, still waiting on Danny Frank, but uh, we we don't need them, right? I mean, at least for right now. Because um, I've got interesting things I can say. This isn't, this isn't just... This isn't just a music show. Uh, this is Three Cents Worth on WNTH 88.1, The Gwyneth. It's 5.41 p.m. Uh, Midwestern time. The perfect time to hear the time. Um, so, that was some music that I liked. And uh, now now we'll move on to some music that I didn't like. Or at least was a bit indifferent on. Because, um, well, I've got two albums that I'd like to kind of go over a bit. Um, neither of which I was particularly excited about listening to, um, but both of which kind of slightly, 
pleasantly surprised me. I'll, I'll explain a bit. Uh, the first, the first album, uh, and I, I really waited on listening to these. Uh, I usually listen to albums more before I give them a, a review on this show. But uh, I've only, <laughs> full disclosure, I've only heard both of these albums once. Um, but the first one is the new album from AFI, uh, now known as A Fire Inside. Um, they're self-titled, or The Blood Album. And I, 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 I've said before, but I really didn't have too high expectations of The Blood Album, because given the past few releases from AFI, especially their last album, Burials, which was just kind of really watered down with reverb, um... It kind of made up for bad songwriting by just hiding it behind tons and tons of reverb, um, and it, it wasn't even like there was. It was a, I, I, I did. <laughs> again, full disclosure. This is a while ago. Did not listen to the whole album because I just the, the singles that they were putting out beforehand um, just did not did not grab me in any way. Um, but I figured, you know what? I'll I'll give the Blood album a listen. Why not? It'll give me something to talk about on the show. And uh, I was pleasantly surprised by a few of the songs. It's not old AFI, although even old AFI, AFI was never uh, kind of the epitome of um, whatever genre they decided to um, inhabit because they've they've hopped genres a few times. Although, I mean, be it kind of a bit gradual, um, I think the only only couple of albums I'd say they really excelled in were when they kind of went... Uh, they kind of took that gothic punk turn. Uh, like, The Art of Drowning, I think, is a great album. But before that, stuff like Very Proud of You, um, I feel like, I feel like Davey Havoc, uh, kind of inspired a lot of the nasal that went into a lot of the early 2000s pop punk bands. Um, and, and I don't think that that's, um, kind of an achievement you want to put on your resume as as a band um but nonetheless they they were they did come out with some pretty i mean pretty captivating uh, pretty high energy songs although uh, i'll say um a lot of that energy kind of was replaced with nasal uh they figured they can just kind of distort their voice a bit and that kind of makes up for aggression um which translated into uh why why blink 182 and and uh good charlotte and simple plan existed in the early 2000s um not to knock blink 182's early work i think dude ranch is still a great album but that's that's kind of beside the point um afi has never other than maybe the art of drowning really kind of been the go-to album for whatever genre that they've they've been uh playing with i guess is what i'm trying to say um, and when they kind of moved to their new wavy, uh, kind of modern alternative, maybe a bit indie type sound on burials, um, it just kind of seemed like a cheap knockoff of a genre that I didn't really even like. So, um, so yeah, I didn't have high expectations for the Blood Album. And it wasn't, and the Blood Album wasn't great, I'll tell you that. But there were a few moments of fresh air. Um, and it stopped it from being just a straight up bad album. And it, and it, it's, it's more of just, uh, Okay, album. Uh, the album starts out with Dark Snow, which um, it's it definitely took me by surprise. And I, I guess that's the entire album took me by surprise. I 
I, I should say. But uh, Dark Snow, it's it's your first impression of the album, and it's very atmospheric, but they don't rely on a ton of reverb to do that. Um, and aside from the kind of auto-tune-y part uh, it, in the bridge, it's it's not all that. The, the vocals don't grade on you. They're not as obnoxious as um, Havoc has tended to be on some of their releases. Um, but that one just... There's a few seconds where it's just like everything kind of drops out, and there's just these these kind of layered auto-tuned vocals that do not sound good. Uh, they really take you out of the uh, out of the atmosphere that they're trying to build. But um, you know, it's it's a solid track to open the album, and and definitely um, grabbed my attention. Um, and then there's kind of a lot. There's a lot of filler, um, and there's there's some bad ones. Above the bridge was one that I, I noted as just kind of. Being straight up, we kind of, I don't even know how to describe it, just, bleh. I, that's the best way I could describe it. Um, but right after that, we have So Beneath You, which really has an interesting, um, I like the way that the uh, guitars are produced on the on the hook to that song, on the very beginning of that song, um, which, which have a bit of an edge to them. And then the song goes on to the verse and the choruses, which, which proved to be nothing more than, than a bit of a, another filler track. But that, that kind of edge kind of comes back on some of the later tracks um, on, on the second half of the album. Uh, Dumb Kids and Pink Guys um, are the ones that kind of stand out. Dumb Kids might be my favorite song on the album, although, again, like it's, it's kind of watered down. Um, I I like the aggression, but if you want aggression, you can go to s- so many other places to get that. There's no reason AFI should be. Um, I, if if that's what I look, I, what I really like in music, um, and it's kind of a very specific uh, trait to look for, and and not all genres um, build themselves around being aggressive, but that's that's what I like about AFI. Um, they had a bit of aggression. Uh, even if they kind of covered, they kind of watered that down with a bit of nasal. Um, but Dumb Kids was probably the most aggressive track on here, um, and and the the intro to that song, the it, it kind of immediately hits you, and it, it kind of knocked me off guard. Um, I'm like, whoa, this this kind of picked up a bit. Um, and the entire track isn't that captivating, but you know it's. It's good enough. Um, Pink Eyes is an interesting one. Um, it starts out. It's got an interesting. It's got an interesting kind of opening guitar lick that I I kind of like, um, and then it goes into the. Well, so it, then it kind of goes into this atmospheric kind of echoey verse, uh, kind of dark feel to it, dark mood to it, and then there's this weird pre-chorus and the chorus sounds like it's it's just from a completely different song they they don't mesh at all the verse and the chorus and and i might play this song for you myself because that's the only way that i can describe how disorienting it is um and i i think i'll just do that because the song speaks for itself um it's it's just a, a weird it's just a weird change in um in tone when when it makes that switch. So I'll let you hear for yourself. This is Pink Eyes off the Blood album by AFI.
And that was Pink Eyes off of AFI's The Blood Album, or their self-titled. Uh, I've been talking about this album recently, uh, I'm just, just now I've been talking about it. Um, and, I mean, I, I hope that that, I mean, that's really the only way that I can describe how how weird, how hard that song is to follow. Um, and I, I, I like music that throws me for a loop, uh, but I don't think that that's what AFI was going for. I think that it was kind of just two songs that didn't that didn't work as a whole so they just kind of mashed them together and i think that i like the different parts but as as a whole it's it's weird and it, it stands out i gotta say it stands out um so i just had to talk about that right there but um yeah from there on out um there's there's a couple of the singles white offerings um and and then it kind of ends off with this weird blues cut that comes out of nowhere, the wind that carries me away. I'm like, okay, that's that's cool. That's the end of the album. Um, <laughs> that's that's really all that the uh, closer really uh, really says for me. It's it's not really much more. And and that's kind of I guess describes the album. It's not really much more than uh, what. Well, it it was more than I expected. I'll say that. Um, for a band that just kind of kept going downhill, um, the Blood album wasn't terrible. It's you know like it it's it's not AFI's best. Uh, go go check out the Art of Drowning. I've I've said that a few times already, um, and maybe I'll play a song. Uh, no, I don't think I will. Um, maybe maybe in a later episode where I'll play like Days of the Phoenix or the closer off of that album. I forget what it is, but that's a great track too. Depending on whether or not they're clean. Um, that's that's basically my thoughts on the Blood album. Uh, if I had to give it a score, it'd probably be a five. You know, just don't love it, don't hate it. Um, but I thought I was going to hate it. Uh, very much like this other album that I'm going to be reviewing, uh, the new album from Dropkick Murphys, the Celtic punk band from Boston, Massachusetts, uh, probably known by most people for the one song uh, I'm shipping off to Boston, uh, which is played at sporting events a lot these days, and that kind of you know, just feeds into their core demographic, which is just kind of bros. And that's that's what they've become. They've become a, just a drinking band. And there's no problem with that. I don't think that Dropkick Murphys are a band that's meant to be analyzed critically. Uh, they're they're not like... They're, there's no deeper side to the Dropkick Murphys. They're just like songs that, that uh, I guess you would have the whole bar singing along to. Uh, it's not really... You know your your uh, contemporary classic uh, type type of punk, um, and and the Celtic Celtic punk. I I like the idea of it. There's a few great. I'm not sure if you classify old against me as Celtic punk. Maybe uh, some flogging Molly, uh, uh, Porgs, like and and even old Dropkick Murphys. And I I think I'm gonna play an old Dropkick Murphys song. Not nothing off the new album. Um, because I already played an AFI song that I wasn't a huge fan of. Um, but the the new Dropkick Murphys, exactly what you'd expect. There's actually a few cuts way, where they are... They do seem like they are trying to kind of have a bit more of a punk ferocity. Maybe go a bit back to their roots. Not, not roots being um, kind of classic Irish folk music. Uh, by roots, I mean like their earlier albums, which were just like kind of punk albums. Uh, with with kind of Celtic uh, influences here and there, 
Uh, but those tracks that, that I'm referring to, those don't seem to be the focus here. The focus is on the big sing-along songs. Uh, Blood was the first song that they released from here. It's got a a, uh, a melody that's, that's stolen straight from um, Ring of Fire by Johnny Cash. Um, and... It's it's just like a a big anthemic sing along song. It's there's really not much more. Um, it's kind of gibberish in the lyrics. Like if you want blood, you give me some. Um, it's <laughs> I don't know what I just did there. Um, it's it's basically kind of a um, an album that that uh it, it there's a there's a big macho factor to it if that's a thing. Uh, just just kind of macho people singing about. Their struggle coming up and uh, and and their people being persecuted and and these these guys probably don't have any actual connection to their Irish culture and I don't have a problem with people um, taking influences from from co- the music of other cultures I have no problem with that but they they seem to have put on this big show of of being very Irish and very rooted in their culture which i'm i'm not sure if that is necessarily all the case um it's it's uh music you would put on to to feel like you're you're like as, as somebody who has a very faint irish root would put on to feel like they're connecting to their to their uh and ancestors but really like they're they're no more connected than the people who are singing the uh singing the songs and um you know it's 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 music that that's that's uh kind of pandering to a very specific demographic not meant to be analyzed critically uh sing along to it whatever it's it's not music that i put on for the most part but old dropkick murphys um they've got some good stuff and it's not all uh bagpipe ridden there's there's uh i'm going to i'm going to play a song off of let's see what was it called? Blackout, uh, which was their 2003 release, which is actually an album where people said that they were starting to go downhill. Um, their their kind of big acclaimed albums are Do or Die and The Gang's All Here. But I really like uh, There's Going to Be a Blackout Tonight off of their uh, t- 2000... Did I say 2000 already? Because I think it's 2003. Uh, yeah, 2003 album, um, which is called Blackout. And this song is called Going to Be a Blackout Tonight. So this is the Dropkick Murphys. It's going to be a blackout tonight.
and that was Dropkick Murphys with it, with an older song, Gonna Be a Blackout Tonight. Before it, I mean, that was when they were starting to just kind of be a, a, a kind of pub band. But uh, I, I like that song. That's that song. I I don't think would uh, fall into that category. And you know, I I like that about the Dropkick Murphys. Um. So. What I, what I'm what I'm trying to do right now, and I and I should have done this before while that song was playing. I was trying to, but it looks like we are okay um, to play this this song. Um, I was I was trying to find the lyrics to "Mass Cult Vulgarians and Entitlement" by uh, Western Addiction, but it doesn't look like the lyrics are up because that's it's a new song. So it's a new song out off of the uh new album that's coming up by Western Addiction. They haven't put out an album since uh 2005. So it's been over 10 years since they put out a full length, but they came out with some music back in 2015. Um and Western Addiction I think is one of the best modern hardcore bands. Um and and you got a lot of hardcore bands kind of sounding sounding pretty similar. Um and and Western Addiction kind of falls into the vein of a lot of those bands, but they I think that they have a lot of creativity to them. Um, fortunately, I, as I said, I could not find the lyrics to that to their new song, so uh, go check that out on your own. Um, I highly recommend it. It's it's like two minutes long, um, but I could find the lyrics to a song off of their last full length in 2005, Cognicide, um, which is one of my favorites. Uh, it's called the Church of Black Flag. Obviously, a reference to the hardcore band Black Flag. Uh, from the 80s, if you're not familiar with them, you need to listen to some Black Flag. Uh, Damaged is my favorite album, but My War is their critically acclaimed album, the favorite album of all of all the critics. But but Damaged, it's got so many good songs on it. Check that check that album out. Um, at least listen to the first few. If uh, you don't like it, turn it off and, and find some other music that I will be playing. Uh, may, maybe you'll like Western Addiction. Maybe try try them out. Hardcore band. Uh, that is going to be releasing a new album this March. Uh, this is an old song from them, but go check out their new one, Church of Black Flag and WNTH 88.1, The Gwyneth. Uh, and the time is 6.04. You are listening to Three Cents Worth. Time, time, time for Western Addiction. Bye. Yeah. 
that was the Church of Black Flag by Western Addiction. Uh, I've got another announcement that I'd like to make. If uh, I haven't been on the show for a couple of weeks, but last time I was on the air in this room was the Radiothon. I think you can still donate at WNTHradio.com. Uh, if you are interested in doing that and, and put our name in and, and raise some money for us, it's a, it's a bit late for Radiothon. But our interview, if you want to hear it, um, it you, you can relive Radiothon like, like it's, it's the present day. Um, we did an interview with Ian Mackay of uh, Minor Threat and Fugazi uh, and Discord Records and, and an all-around awesome guy. Um, so Such a great guy to talk to. Uh, very, very kind of... Uh, they're just very fun, I mean, very easy to talk to uh, type of guy, despite his kind of celebrity status within the underground. Um, and I, I mean, I'm I'm not talking to him like a normal guy. I'm very, uh, I don't talk well when, when I talk to uh, people who I deem to be very important. And whenever we do these interviews, um, I, I, I don't talk well. Um, but... You know, Ian was a great guy. If you want to check out the interview, which which I recommend you do, um, even though I I say some some dumb things like uh, I've used straws, I think is one of the things that I say, and and yeah. So um, just just look up like my interview with Ian Mackay, uh, like three cents worth on YouTube, uh, or follow us on Twitter. Um, I don't have to remember what our username is. I think it's the number three cents worth show. Um, so it's like three cents worth show, um, and and I've I've tweeted it out over there. If if you're interested in listening to that interview, checking that out, hearing hearing from Ian Mackay, um, really cool guy, great to talk to. Anyways, um, I'm gonna play something from Red Medicine, which is my favorite Fugazi album. Ian Mackay is in Fugazi. I think I said that already, but but it's it's worth repeating uh, because I'm gonna play. Do you like me? Um, off of Red Medicine, Red, Red Me- it's it's tough to to pick a favorite Fugazi album. And I think Fugazi is I mean not unique but special uh, in in that like if if you ask anybody who's familiar enough with Fugazi to answer the question what their favorite Fugazi album is, you're not just going to get one uniform answer. Um, I mean like there are some that that'll uh, you know you'll you'll get more people saying that they like Repeater or their their uh, first demo um, in Red Medicine. Those are kind of top ones, but but you can really kind of... I mean, the, there's so many... Like, all, all of their albums are kind of fan favorites, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So it's tough to pick a, a favorite um, for me being a fan, um, and I've kind of decided on Red Medicine, but... You know, it, it goes in day and day out, day in and day out. Uh, it switches. So, um, anyways, that w- whether or not it's my favorite album, this is still a good song. This is "Do You Like Me." It's the opener off of Red Medicine by Fugazi, uh, and and it is eight ten when when uh, you're hearing this, and uh, I am out.
that in right afterwards by Minor Threat. Um, the first song we played was uh, Do You Like Me, Fugazi, of Red Medicine, and uh, that was just now. Uh, we had Minor Threat with Seeing Red, um, an uh, album that I, I recently picked up a couple weeks ago, uh, right before I interviewed Ian. Um, I've, been, I've, been, I've been getting more into collecting records, um, and it's... Since since I since I just got paid over the uh, for walking dogs over winter break, got, I'm I'm Mr. Moneybags over here, uh, buying just tons of stuff I don't need, but but that I like I like a lot, um, and and that was one of them. I, I went to uh, the Reckless on Broadway and uh, picked up Minor Threats first two EPs, um, which uh, first two seven inches. Um, which is obviously just just one twelve inch, uh, but it's the two 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 of them uh, compacted under there. That's that's a classic right there. Um, and Minor Threat's entire discography is less than an hour, so they are worth getting into if you don't have much time to live. Uh, they're, they're the last band that you you could probably get into, um, but but you should get into them now. I think uh, same with Fugazi. Fugazi is just a whole rabbit hole um, that, like, I don't even know where to start with them, so I'm just not going to get into them. Um, but I also, uh, last Christmas, got End Hits, which is a, which was supposed to be their last album. They put out a couple after that. Um, but another, <laughs> I want to say one of my favorites, but they're all one of my favorite uh, Fugazi albums. Um, yeah. So I, I, went, I went to that Reckless on Broadway. I picked up that... Uh, that um, twelve inch by Minor Threat, and uh, I got a the my um, Bad Brains, which is uh, a very influential DC hardcore band uh, before Minor Threat. Big influence to Ian and everybody, and and hardcore in general. They they were kind of a big stepping stone um, in that whole in that whole world. The album's interesting because half of it is is just straight up hardcore punk, and then the other half of it is reggae just it, it's it's not even infused um because nobody was infusing the two at the time for whatever reason reggae and punk just kind of sat right next to each other and they nobody thought to mix them until like the the early 90s but like you can you can look all the way back to patty smith who who was putting out some like who was putting out like kind of reggae inspired songs and Bad Brains who were just doing straight up like second wave first first or second wave ska no yeah they were doing straight up first wave ska and and like <laughs> and alongside hardcore you you just have all these bands doing like these two things simultaneously on different tracks um and it wasn't until like the the very late 80s uh, I think like 89 where we're both um Mighty Mighty Boss Tones and Operation Ivy came out with their debuts, uh, and and I think the Operation I Operation Ivy's take on it is I think a lot a lot better. Never really got too into Mighty Mighty Boss Tones, uh, but if you haven't heard the one album that Operation Ivy did put out, I keep recommending albums to you. But these are all classics, folks. You gotta try them out. Uh, that's that's another one. That was the I think the first uh, record that I ever bought was Operation Ivy's Energy, uh, and it's it's their only album, so, you know. Again, not not a 
a very long discography. Uh, since then, so, anyways, I was talking about Bad Brains. Got that record at at the Reckless on Broadway, and it was severely warped. Like, <laughs> like I mean, for whatever reason, it still played at a normal speed, but it was just like obnoxiously warped. So I I brought it back to the one on Milwaukee, and while I was there, I picked up. Um, I'm gonna see if I. If I actually can get any clean songs from here. Because um, it's a great album. It's such an underrated one. Uh, Jello Biafra and No Means No. Uh, they're... They're uh, collaborative album. All of Jello's work after Dead Kennedys is super underrated. And I've already stated on the show, I played a Dead Kennedys song earlier, that it's... That that I I mean I'm a huge Dead Kennedys fan, but nobody really looks. I mean a lot of people look into them, but like not enough people look into what Jello did after, um, after they um, after Jello was in the Dead Kennedys. Sorry, I'm trying to simultane. This is quality radio, folks. Um, where I'm trying to balance out talking and figuring out if I can play you a song. From No Means No, Angela Biafra, uh, From the Sky is Falling and I Want My Mommy is the name of the song, uh, or the name of the album. Um, real, real quick, folks. Real quick, folks. Thanks for sticking with me. Uh, I really appreciate it. Um, and it looks like... It looks like we can play a song that I really like on there. It's called Chew. Um... Anyways, I'll finish. I'll finish up my little story. Bad Brains album severely warped. I went in there and I found this used copy of uh, the Jello Biafra No Means No album. Sky's falling, and I want my mommy. Um, so good. So, Jello is really what makes the Dead Kennedys, the Dead Kennedys. Like I'm, pe- people are always talking about how like you know yeah sure East Bay Ray is is a great guitarist. He came up with some great catchy surf riffs and and they're you know it's 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 good music but what i really love about the dead kennedys is really just kind of jello centric um that's 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 like just his character and his insight into politics with this kind of sarcastic tone and he's such a great um lyricist and such a great performer you can't not love Jello, whether or not you believe in his politics. He's just, well, it, it helps if you do, but it's good music. This is Chew off of uh, The Sky is Falling and I Want My Mommy by Jello Biafra and No Means No.
with No Means No, Chew, uh, off of The Sky is Falling and I Want My Mommy. Um, I was, it's a long song, but before it, I was uh, talking about, um, I was just talking about my, my record collection, which I'm, I'm starting, I'm starting to amass, um, because just today, um, I, well, she, if, if we're at this point, we might as, might as well catch, catch ourselves up, because, uh, yesterday I, ch- I checked out, um, for whatever reason, I haven't gone to HipCat yet until yesterday, um, and and they didn't really have all that much that I was interested in. Except they found a Propagandi seven inch, um, how to clean a couple of things, which was the uh, first material that they ever came out with before they um, came out with how to clean everything, and it's got a couple of songs on there, which the names differ. Um, the first one's called. It's on the back. It says it's called. Um, all cops are bad, you know, and then on the lyric sheet, it's just called "The Pigs Will Pay." Um, and then the second song on it, it it's also got two different names depending on whether you're looking at the lyric sheet or the back of it. And it's also got another name if you're going off of what it's called on um, on their full length, uh, "How to Clean Everything." Um, but the only one that I can say on air is "Stick the Flag Up Your Bum." Uh, all the rest of the variations on the title are very, uh, uh, what, what's the acronym we use? TETA. Wait. Yeah. TETA. Too edgy to air. Um, and today, I was talking about this because just today, um, I received a package I've been waiting for because I can't find this in any record stores. Um, Bond the Music Industries, uh, Scrambles, which is, it's not my, Bond the Music Industry, I, I I don't like putting solid like this a, a solid this is my favorite band stamp on any band because it's that just seems so final but um they're like they're up there and they there's a very they they might be my favorite band right now bound music in the street for for a ton of reasons and I've talked before on the show about why I absolutely love bound music industry uh, they came there was a documentary that came out about them recently that I still haven't gotten around to watching and I need to watch it it's only five dollars and you should probably go check it out because it's probably good but i haven't seen it um but anyways uh they 
were kind of this very Jeff Rosenstock. He's still putting out great music. Go check him out. Um, probably one of the the best figures in punk music right now. Be it kind of a, a bit more uh, well well tuned, fine fine tuned, and uh, well produced. Kind of kind of pop punk, but tasteful um, and with with a bit more of an edge to it. Um, I got off on a side tangent talking about Jeff, but but Jeff's uh, band before, like the band that he was in right before, um, right before he went solo was Bob the Music Industry, which is kind of this very uh, DIY band, kind of lived by the Fugazi Code. I've heard people call it, and and you can hear more about that uh, on that interview I talked about with Ian Mackay. If you are interested, um, go go find us on Twitter three number three Sensworth Show. Uh, we've posted a link to that, um, but anyways, um, I I got I finally got uh, <laughs> to add a Bond Music Industry record to my collection. I I had to order it from the Asian Man Records website because they don't carry it in any sto- stores. I don't know if that's because of their kind of DIY ethic, or maybe they're just not big enough to warrant being uh, carried. Uh, on a regular basis in a lot of stores, but anyways, I got Scrambles, which isn't my favorite by the music industry album, but it's it's way up there, um, <laughs> which is what I've been saying about Fugazi. It's same with the music industry. Like, what what do I what do I even mean by up there? I don't even know. Um, it's it's not my favorite, but it's an album I like. Is I guess what I'm trying to say. Uh, my favorite is To Leave or Die in Long Island, which is their first release. That's actually Jeff's least favorite release. But I think that really captures everything I love about the music industry. This this aggression, this kind of... It's kind of very messy um, and and really, really rough around the edges. Um, just, I guess, cut out the around the edges part. It's just very rough music. Uh, but he's got these very kind of clean he's got these kind of very pleasant melodies and these kind of very clean he's, he likes using like xylophones or like synths and these um very precise like kind of tools al- alongside this um kind of the the live instrumentation that he uses is kind of very sloppy and and it really works with his his whole lyrical style too which is kind of like you know these these fun poppy melodies and he's really self-deprecating and and kind of depressing lyrics um but he does it so well that it's it's not just like you're wallowing in just sorrow it's you know it's it's a lot of fun to listen to that's i guess that's the best way i could describe bound music industry and i'm using a million words to do so but really the best way i could describe it is bound music industry is a lot of fun to listen to so um i just got scrambles in the mail today um, and the packaging is really cool. It's hard to describe. Basically, uh, the the record sleeve is is less of a, a record sleeve and more of like a record kind of pocket. It's made up of the album artwork. You have to see pictures of it to because un- that doesn't really do do it justice. And then it come came with a CD that is double sided like the record, um, which I didn't know was possible. I I don't know if you can play CDs without ruining the other side, but I guess maybe it's possible, or maybe you'll find out. Um, maybe it depends on the CD player. I hope that I don't ruin the other side by playing one. Um, but yeah, so I got scrambles today. I'm gonna play a song off of that because it's a, it's a great album. Um, just just favorites are vacation and scrambles, and my favorite are 
Uh, my favorites are To Leave and Die on Long Island and Scrambles. So kind of in the middle of what I like and what Jeff likes, uh, we've, we've got we've got Scrambles. Um, I thought that more of the songs were explicit, but I looked them up, and, and uh, this, this song's actually clean, which is great because it's a great song um, with with a cool little riff and a weird time signature. Uh, this one is called 9-11 Fever uh, by Bound the Music Industry. Listen to WNTH 88.1. Current time is 6.37. And uh, let's get on with Bound the Music Industry, 9-11 Fever. You can't forget 3,000 lives. We got the flesh to prove it. We got the sticker and the bracelet. We got a list of specials. And we set the TVR so we won't miss it. Waste no time. I got the fever for a feature. A new type of bird got a face feature. And a couple sets of a particle. You want the action in the summer? Nick Cage really learned something. Where the man from TV is special. Where the people taxi drivers attack and claims credibility. That was Bound Music Industry with 9-11 Fever off of their album Scrambles. I'm um, kind of in a similar vein. We're not talking about records, but also adding to my music collection. Um, yesterday, I... Wait, was that yesterday? That was two days ago. Um, two days ago, I got a, another album in the mail, uh, a CD in the mail from a band called The Runouts, a really small band um, from Boston, Massachusetts. Um and I, I got it because I've started writing reviews for a website called Punk News. They've been uh, doing stuff since the '90s. It's pr- it's pretty cool. I mean, it's pretty cool. They've always been doing user submissions, so I'm, I'm doing that. I'm not like a staff member yet, but uh, you got to write a review a week for four weeks to do that. Anyways, um, as part of my four reviews, which had to be over the past. My four reviews all had to be things that were over the past 12 months, but uh, most of the significant releases that I was interested in reviewing, they had already been reviewed because, uh, you know, I was, I was coming in at the beginning of 2017 and, and uh, looking back in all of 2016, like, people already got into those. So I had to mostly go for smaller bands, um, except for the Taxpayers. For whatever reason, nobody reviewed the new Taxpayers uh, album, which... I've, I've proclaimed here before, but I love that album, um, and no, and nobody nobody had reviewed it, and nobody had paid attention to it, which is a shame. Because first of all, the Taxpayers aren't like a small band; they aren't super underground. They've got some notability, and I think I'll play something off of uh, their best album, according to me, uh, 
God Forgive These Bastards, which is a really cool blend of, of a lot of blues and, and jazz and punk and folk and just whatever they see fit to throw in, which is how I described uh, their newest album. But it, there's just a lot of creativity in there. Uh, but it's it's not super uh, inaccessible. It's not... It, it's it's something that you could get into, but there's a lot of depth to it, and you can tell there's a lot of creativity. Uh, but I wasn't talking about the taxpayers. That was that was something else. Um, I reviewed the new taxpayers on Punk News, um, and a, in addition to that, the first album I reviewed was this album by the Runouts because I had to review someone small because you know all the, all the big reviews had been taken. These guys I found out about on Reddit. Some guy had posted like, "Oh, I've got a bunch of free download code for, for my band." Uh, this was last like fall. And um, I was like, sure, I'll, I'll I'll take one. And he he sent me one, and I just loved their new album. Uh, Pet Noises is the name of the album. Uh, there's also a Meat Puppets album by the same name, but uh, they apparently were not aware of that. It's, nonetheless, I like this better than the Meat Puppets one. Um, and it, it it was their debut album. It came out last year. Wrote a review for it, and I uh, kind of tweeted it out, uh, and tagged the band in that. And uh, they were, like, really appreciative uh, appreciative of what I'd done because they were a really small band. It kind of gave them a bit of legitimacy. Um, and I really liked the album. Um, I think it's kind of a rehash of a lot of old sounds. If you're familiar with a lot of 90s skate punk, uh, you know, it's nothing all too new, but they do it really well. They do it a lot of justice. Uh, anyways, the band picked up on my review. They were like, thanks for, thanks for doing that. And they they sent me some stuff. And they sent me a CD, and they sent me a shirt that I'm wearing right now. And they sent me some buttons. Um, anyways, I'm gonna play a song off of off of their album. It's, it's tough to pick one. I think I'm gonna play Eraser. Um, and so you can you can kind of hear they're kind of a a pop punk, but in the kind of style uh, in the way that the Ramones were a pop punk band. Um, and, and kind of in a Ramones core vein, but I think a lot more depth to them. I think a lot of Ramones core bands kind of tend to fall into the same kind of patterns, and it gets kind of repetitive. Um, but I think there's a lot more depth to the runouts, and that's especially because, you know, their bassist is incredible. And the bass, the bass line is really what makes a, a punk song pop. Um, not, not pop as in the genre. I mean, like, just kind of pop out. Um, it's, it's confusing. Um, anyways, I've, I've talked enough about this band. I'm going to play you a song. It's called Eraser. This is by The Runouts. You're listening to WNTH 88.1. It's 643. And uh, this is Eraser. Bye. You gotta be right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And that was The Runouts with uh, Eraser off of their album Pet Noises, their debut, which came out last year. Uh, I reviewed that. If you want to go check that out on punknews.org, be my guest. Um, sure. Why not? Um, and I was also talking about the taxpayers before the break. If you're not aware of them, I think that they, they're they a really interesting band that I don't think gets um, enough... I don't think that they get enough exposure. And I think that that they, there's just so much to this band. Um, I'm gonna play a song off of my favorite album by them. Um, I think they're kind of they're the kind of epitome of the pack of, of the taxpayers. This is what I'm trying to say. Um, it's called "God Forgive These Bastards." Uh, songs from songs from the forgotten life of Henry Turner. It's like a concept album about some some guy named Henry Turner. Um, this is maybe evidenced by the the title, but. Um, whether or not you follow the uh, the storyline, it's just a really interesting album, a really interesting blend of a lot of different styles of music. So I'm going to play the opener off of it. It's called As the Sun Beat Down. <laughs> Sun beat down. 
that was the taxpayers with as the sun beat down. Um, you know, we're wrapping up. We got about ten minutes left, and I figured, uh, you know, we I mean, we had a bit a bit of folk punk. That taxpayers could be considered folk punk. Um, I I think, um, and one of my favorite folk punk artists came out with an album just at the end of uh, 2016. Just kind of really, really just kind of in in that in that little little slot at the end. Talked about it a bit on the last show, but wasn't a huge fan of the new album. Um, it was better than their second album, but really, what makes this band their debut? Is so great, and it's a shame that they kind of fell fell from there. And I think that so sorry, I don't think that I've mentioned that the band that I'm talking about is Ramshackle Glory, um, fantastic folk punk outfit from uh, Arizona, I think Phoenix, Arizona, which I believe uh, Angie Jackson Jihad, now known as AJJ, um, another prominent folk punk act, is also from there. Um, so you know that that's kind of I guess the powerhouse for that that type of music, and I think that the taxpayers are from Texas, so you know it's all kind of in that area, for whatever reason they're all kind of, or I might be thinking of days and days, um, they're definitely from Texas, uh, I think Houston, but um, anyways I think it's interesting when you look at um, bands like the Taxpayers, who. They came out with a really great first album, and it and the the recording quality of the album wasn't super. It wasn't super high tech. Um, it wasn't super high quality, and um, and you know, like it, it had that simplicity to it. But the production choices on their second album, you could tell that they still didn't have a huge budget going into it. But like they were able to make a great album their the first time around, and. It was just so everything was so drowned out by um, the the vocals were, were kind of buried. Um, I don't even I don't think I even finished their second album because it's just so hard to listen to. Um, you've just got like weird instruments coming in here and there that do not fit, um, and it's really a shame. The third album they kind of went back to the basics. Uh, the songwriting wasn't quite there, but. You know, at least they were able to make some good production choices. I think that's an interesting, it's an interesting situation about folk punk because it's it's weird to criticize um, a, a record like that for its production because, you know, by virtue a lot of folk punk acts they they are the genre they are because it's it's really cheap to you know like get just an old guitar and, and maybe like a washboard in the case of days and days it sounds kind of gimmicky but like you know that's what that's what they've got and a lot of these bands kind of um, pride themselves on kind of just living off the street you, you get a lot of kind of homeless bands um, that that like are good they're good musicians and they put out with they put out good albums but um, you know, like for example, the latest Days and Days album. Don't know what they recorded that on, but um, it's got kind of this squeaking noise in the background the, the entire time. It sounds sometimes it sounds like when they're screaming that the recording just kind of gives up on them. But it kind of has a bit of character to it, um, and and I think it's it's weird to to kind of um, put off the the uh, uh, an album like the Ramshackle Glories. Uh, Sophomore release, who your friend's gonna be, uh, for for having bad production. Considering that folk punk 
that's that's not why people go to folk punk for but it's just so washed out and they have proven that they were able to make a good album with the resources that they had I guess that's why it was a disappointment um so anyways I'm gonna play a song off of there uh so many fantastic songs off of live the dream um I'm gonna play the first song which is called first song some of my favorite songs I don't think are clean your heart is a muscle the size of your fist I know isn't clean but that's a great song my favorite song by them is from here to utopia a song for the desperate which um really shows their kind of proficiency uh pat pat's proficiency in uh lyric writing uh it's it's kind of a song about this kind of depths of his his drug use and his drug addiction and um and you see a lot of uh songs about that within that genre considering the demographics of the people who make that music but i think that the imagery like he he has something about like listening to a minor threat record and if you know anything about minor threat you know uh, of course ian is who we interviewed just want to want to put that out there um it keeps coming up, but uh, he's straight edge. He was a big uh, component of the straight edge movement. I mean, well, he he doesn't consider himself a part of the straight edge movement, but he kind of kicked that off in a way um, unintentionally when he coined the term with the song "Straight Edge." That was the first use of the term. Um, and anyways, the Ramshackle Glory song from here to Utopia it references like listening to Minor Threat and, and listening to him sing "Out of Step," which is about. Uh, being straight edge and and listening to that as he ties up and and how he agrees until he hits a vein. Um, fortunately, I can't. Unfortunately, I can't play that song for you on the radio. Uh, it's not clean, but the the entire album is great. Uh, I recommend it highly. Uh, the first song which I'm going to play is called First Song, and that will probably close out the show, or at least almost close out the show. Uh, yeah. So, I'll be right back. The time right now is 6.56. I'm Sean Crawford. You're listening to WNTH 88.1. The Gwyneth, the voice in Nutrier. What what haven't I said about the station yet? It's in Winneka. And um, I'm here alone. Goodbye. Back up. I thought about killing my landlord, but he was pretty 
Ramshackle Glory with First Song, which is the first song off of their first album, Live the Dream. Uh, I'm Sean Crawford. It's been it's been a great time hanging out with you, the listener, for an hour and a half. And, and I'm sure somebody's been listening for an hour and a half. Um, and, yeah, and check out the albums that, that I told you to check out. I, 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 to- I told you to check out a lot of albums. I, I can't even remember all of them. Um, but... A reminder of the ones that I do remember. Uh, Ramshackle Glory, Live the Dream, was what I was just playing a song off of. Um, everything by Bound the Music Industry, but specifically to leave and die, or die on Long Island and Scrambles. Uh, Fugazi, just in general. Minor Threats, uh, first, two, first Two Seven Inches. Um, Operation Ivy, Energy. What else have I missed? There's probably a few more. Uh, AFI's The Art of Drowning. Best AFI album. Uh, that that might cover most of it. That might cover most of the things. Oh yeah, some Dead Kennedys. Listen to some Dead Kennedys uh, and some Jello by Afro's solo stuff. And get back to me next week. In your mind. Um, that's all I have to say. Right now we're gonna play a random song that's gonna be on the automation. Um, and I hope that you like it. I don't know what the song is. Here we go.